Hello and welcome to the Thursday edition of WordPress Coaching. My name is Angela Holden and I'm excited to continue our discussion on WordPress terminology. Um, earlier this week, I did a little bit longer episode on Tuesday. I did 30 minutes because I missed last Thursday and again this Monday, which is terrible. I am so sorry for that. Um, we talked about some broader terms, uh, just sort of in development in general. We talked about designers, developers, programmers. What's the difference? Is there a difference? Why does it matter? Um, and then we sort of uh, got back to the dashboard. We talked about how if you sign up for WordPress or if you rather install WordPress on your server, you start building yourself a WordPress website, you are the administrator. You're the person with all of the permissions on the site. Um, and then we sort of went through the dashboard, uh, which is all these options on the left-hand side, everything you have access to, just to sort of touch upon the things that are happening back here. My goal for the future is to really sort of pick one thing at a time and go through everything in depth and sort of explain what I think is an ideal setting or configuration. Certainly, um, I think once you have all the information, you can decide what is ideal for you. So um, we got as far as plugins on the Tuesday episode. So let's just go ahead and continue the, the three final things that are in the dashboard here in a core default installation of WordPress is users, tools and settings. So let's go to users first and I'm just going to click on all users and hopefully you see your name back here. Um, if you belong to a service called Gravatar, which is also a WordPress um, company um, and you signed up for Gravatar and you uploaded an image to always be associated with the email address that you use to sign into WordPress, you will see your image back here next to your name. You'll see your username, your quote unquote nice name or display name, your email address, your role as an administrator, and how many posts are associated with you as a user. Um, a website can have an unlimited number of administrators. I would caution you to only let people sign up. Well, nobody can sign up as an administrator unless you decide that ahead of time. Probably what's going to happen more often than not is you are going to sign people up. Um, you're going to add people to your site unless you have a site where you're allowing people to sign up, which is entirely possible. Um, you can have an unlimited number of any type of role. So what are the rules? Well, if you click on add new, you'll get a screen where basically you have to give them a username, assign an email, um, and then the optional, uh, the optional inputs here are first name, last name, any website that they might be associated with, and then a password reset link will be sent to the user via email. This is new with WordPress 4.3. Um, in the past, we had the option of setting the password and then having it sent to the new user. Now that's no longer an option. WordPress automatically sends a password to the new user. What they do is they actually send them a link to reset their password. So that's a great thing. That's a very, uh, very good secure way for WordPress to handle this part of the site. Um, 
And then the drop down immediately below that is that you will choose the role that that person's going to have. Are they an administrator? That's like you. Do they have full permissions for the site? Are they an editor? author, contributor, and subscriber. And every role has different capabilities, administrator being the most capabilities, subscriber being the least amount of capabilities. Um, we will, at a later date, go through exactly what those capabilities are for each role. But for now, just understand that there are five core rules in a default installation of WordPress. And there are lots of ways to customize those, these roles. There's a plugin called Members by a developer in Kentucky named Justin Tadlock. And he made a wonderful free plugin where you can delete user roles, you can create user roles, and then you can go through and you can make custom user roles. It's a wonderful, wonderful plugin I've used in a couple of big projects. Um, so for now, those are the five roles. And then, of course, you can edit your own profile. Um, and here, now the only thing you can't change is your username. So whatever username was created during sign up, that's that. If you want a new username, create a new user for yourself. Um, that's really the best way to handle that. Um, if, you, if you're happy with your username, we'll assume that you are, uh, you can still come back here. You can edit your first name, your last name, your nickname, how you want your name displayed, your contact information. Um, there's some social media information back here. Um, slightly outdated, AIM, what's that? AIM, isn't that like AOL instant messaging? I, uh, Yahoo IM? Um, Jabber slash Google Talk, uh, Google Plus, Twitter, Facebook profile URL. These are all, these aren't terrible things to have filled in. So if you've got any of these profiles, go ahead and fill them in. I would also encourage you to fill out the biographical information because if you're working with a theme that shows author information on posts or I suppose pages too, um, your biography may very well show up in this spot. Um, so I always, I, in my themes, I always, um, I always create author profiles for the single post pages. So why do I do that? It's because we shouldn't assume that users are always going to come to the website on the front page. Um, blog posts and pages, if we're doing our jobs right and we're doing good SEO and creating good content, our posts and pages should be coming up in any number of search results. Users could be coming into our website through a blog post as easily as they could be coming in through the front page. And so get some good, relevant, pertinent information about yourself on your blog posts so people know who you are and are compelled to stay on your site and read more of your content, right? So don't be afraid to share a little bit of information here. This doesn't have to be anything crazy, 25, 30, maybe 50 words. Um, but just fill something in there. Um, if you want to change your password, you can. You There's something here called sessions. Uh, a session is where you're logged into a, a website and it says here you are only logged in at this location. Um, uh, there's a button that says log out everywhere else. So if you are logged into this site on any other computer, you can log yourself out here. Um, and then go ahead and update your profile. Immediately below that, we have something called tools. Um, the very first 
the very first option is something called Press This, which is a weird little bookmarklet that I have never once used in the entire time I've been using WordPress. Um, some people must find it of value if they continue to leave it in. And then there's something here called if you want to convert your categories to tags or vice versa, use the categories and tags converter available from the import screen. Um, so that's a handy little tool and I can think of situations where I have done that before. Um, there's another link here in tools called import. And this is if this is very helpful, um, and I run into this a lot. If you are moving your blog from Tumblr or from WordPress.com or from Blogger, Google Blogger, they have tools here where you can import your content from these other blogs. So if you think that you have to copy and paste a hundred blog posts from Google Blogger, don't stop. Come back here, and they will walk you through how to do this. It's incredibly useful and it's actually, this is a growing part of my business. People who are sort of upgrading their web presence from maybe Blogger, Tumblr, or WordPress.com to a self-hosted website. Um, below import we have export and this is also incredibly useful. Um, if you want a backup of your content, you can download an export file and this is in a file format called XML and this is basically all of your content and all of your data for your website in a file. So it may be you're migrating your site to a different domain name. Um, there's lots of situations where this would be handy or maybe this would be a good practice once every couple of months to just export your content and tuck that away someplace. It's like kind of like taking a backup. Um, and then you would have your posts and your pages and, and current set of content. Um, I use this tool in often. I, I prefer to get directly into the database, but I've been in many situations where I don't have access to the database and I need to use this tool to import or export content. So it's very, very helpful. Um, the final thing that I want to walk you through is the settings page. And there's, there's a lot going on here. I feel like we could spend a couple of weeks talking about settings and I may very well, I really will do plan to take this on. Um, so if we go to the very first option in settings, we have general settings and I feel like this is somewhat self-explanatory. We have a site title and a tagline and these things are fairly important. Um, I, for my current theme, don't have anything in the tagline because I don't really use the tagline on this particular site that I'm looking at in any part of the theme, and that's really up to the theme author's discretion. Um, we have the WordPress address URL and the site address URL. And if I highly recommend that unless you know what you're doing, that you don't alter these. Um... And we can talk, I'm going to talk more about that uh, at length. I'm going to talk more about that. But for now, I'm just going to tell you that unless you know what you're doing, that you don't alter those. The email address um, for the admin, this can be anything that you want it to be. If um, anytime somebody, if you're getting updates about comments or new users registering to use your site, or if you're getting um, emails that there was a security update for WordPress, they're all going to go to this address. 
membership. Anyone can register a new user default rule. Here's where you can decide whether or not people are going to register and what their default user rule is going to be. Um, time zone. I definitely recommend that you fill out the time zone because the timestamp and the date stamp on your blog posts is going to reflect the time zone that you are in. And it's a global world. So I think that this is a good thing, uh, a good thing for you to set. And I think it gets overlooked a lot. I think it's important. Um, the date format, and this is really just as simple as deciding how you want the date to display. Um, same with the time format. I, in the U S we don't use 24 hour time, but I can tell you my preference is 24 hour time. I always come back on my own personal sites and set this to 24 hour time. You can decide what day of the week that your the, the week starts on. And you can also tell WordPress what, um, what the site language is for themes that have language files. Um, writing. This is where you can um, set some defaults. Um, you can set the default post category, the default post format, if post formats are enabled. And if you're using a site that has uh, the link section enabled, you would set a default link category as well. Um, there's more information here about posting via email. I plan to talk about this at length at a later date. Um, I have to be honest with you though, in general, I advise people against posting via email. Some people absolutely insist on, on having this set up and I can tell you now it is ridiculously complicated. Um, but if you um, want to adjust those settings, you would go to settings and writing and that's where that is. Um, the next option is the reading settings. And this is where you tell WordPress what's going to be displayed on the front page. And again, this is really determined by the theme that you're using. If you're using a theme that is built for a broader audience, so maybe you found it in the repository or you purchased the theme, this should function exactly as it's laid out back here, which is that you can either have your blog posts on the front page or you can create pages that will be displayed on the front page and then also create a page for all of your blog posts. Um, blog pages show at most blank posts. Syndication feeds show it show the most recent blank items. What does that mean? That's literally on a blog page. Are you going to have 10? Are you going to have 20 blog posts? How many blog posts will you have at one time? Syndication feeds. This is your website's RSS feed. Um, I usually leave this set to whatever my blog page uh, whatever the option immediately above it is. There's no rule on that. It's just whatever you want to have displayed. Um, I don't like to show everything because I just don't think that it's necessary. So I usually keep this between five and 10. Um, blog pages show it most just to digress for a bit here. Um, a lot of times the design of the website, um, goes a long way towards determining how many blogs I'll show on a page at one time. If it looks good to have 10, then I'll have 10. If it looks good to have five, then I'll have five. You can make it be whatever you want it to be. Um, for each article in a feed, show the full text or show the summary. I almost always set this to summary because 
people do steal content. There are a, there is a such thing as scraping a feed, and if you show the full text of your blog posts in your feed, it could potentially make it easier for someone to steal your content. If you set this to summary, then they're not going to get the entire blog post. They're only maybe going to get the first 40 or 50 words. Um, so that's, that's my thought on that. That's why I have a tendency to do that. Um, the final thing on this page is called search engine visibility. Discourage search engines from indexing this site. It is up to search engines to honor this request. Um, Make sure that if you are showing your website to the world that this box is unchecked because I can tell you now that while I appreciate the disclaimer, usually if this box is checked, your website is not getting crawled. So if you set this to discourage while you worked on the site, you didn't want it to be indexed while you were working, which is a smart thing to do, make sure when you launch the site that you uncheck this box. That's really, really important. And it's almost always overlooked. It's a very common thing to have overlooked. Um, yeah. So that's something you might, if you're not doing well and you think that your URLs aren't getting uh, indexed, this could be a reason why. Um, we still have three options left, discussion, media, and permalinks, but I ran over my time. And quite frankly, discussion, media, and permalinks, these are fairly detailed things. So let's save this for next week's episode, the Monday episode of WordPress coaching. If you have any questions, anything you're not clear about, you have, uh, you need help with something, send me an email podcast at AngelaJHolden.com. Thank you so much for listening. So glad that you took the time to uh, join me for this discussion. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.